Hey, I'm Garcia. Hi, I'm Telly. We are the Hercastle Girls, founders of Bright Mindset Project. Welcome to It's All Connected by Hercastle Girls. As human beings, we can amplify our mindset and spiritual practices, become more magnetic, follow our authentic callings, lead in our own energies to become that version of our higher level selves that we know we can be. Our principles are based in neurolinguistic programming, spiritual aspects, and alternative therapies. Today, we talk about the creator's journey inspired by the Netflix film, Tick, Tick, Boom. We are going to talk about the obstacles a creator has to endure to create their desired outcomes. We're also going to talk, touch on finding motivation when no one else seems to understand your drive, battling identity crisis, and more. So this convo was inspired after watching Tick, Tick, Boom, Mm -hmm. based on the life of Jonathan Larson, the playwright and creator of the stage shows Tick, Tick, Boom and Rent. Uh, He wrote about what he knew. He lived in New York City. He was surrounded by creative people and creative friends that decided to leave their creative life and become more corporate executive lifestyle Mm. people. Um, another thing that was happening during the time, a lot of young people were dying of AIDS due to the AIDS epidemic that was happening at the time. So John went through a crisis where he really started questioning his identity. He started questioning his purpose and his motivation in becoming a successful playwright. Hmm. Now, overall, (laughs) Not much has changed since the 1990s. Society is still pushing us to believe that you must have kids, a mortgage, a career, and your entire life together before the age of 30 years old. Wow. (laughs) So I want to discuss, first of all, the idea of being, you know, authentically you. And the importance of it being intentional because every day, it seems like every day we're told you are not good enough as you are. You are not worthy because you are not checking off all of society's, you know, little check marks. Exactly. You're not checking all the boxes. Right. And I want to talk a bit about that because I think both of us have experienced this idea of, well, this is how society sees you and this is the box you're supposed to fit in, but we don't fit into that box. No, we do not. Most definitely. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's just interesting. And I know that we've done um, a podcast before talking about being authentically you. And I encourage everyone to go and listen to that too, but it's just interesting, especially for a creator yeah. Um, like we were saying, as soon as it's something that doesn't involve, you know, an office, a nine to five, uh, something that's, you know, very common. Mm-hmm. If you're not doing that, people look at you like you're a menace to society. They're like, well, what do you do then? It's like, well, 
I'm a florist. I'm a director. I'm, and people are just like, well, that's isn't that more like a hobby? Like they almost want to laugh at you for yeah. doing something that's not, you know, conventional. Conventional. Like when you were talking about um, Jonathan and his friends, you know, they gave up on the dream because yeah. they're like, you know what? I'm tired. I'm hungry. <laughs> a lot tired of, our, of being broke. They're hard. They're, you know, they're starving artists. Yeah. You know, things happen in life. Yeah. And, yeah. And you know, so they gave up the ghost and went to do an executive corporate job. Were they happy in it? Well, maybe not because I'm sure they would have probably been more happy doing their actual passion, which could have been acting, dancing, teaching something from the arts, painting. But yeah, it's just interesting how society up to this day, although more than ever, Car, mm-hmm. it's in the it, we're in a renaissance period where it's great to be doing things that you want to do on your time, right. doing the what you love. Yeah. And although the renaissance is at a high, it's still it's still battling against the against society's, society's way of model. thinking. Yeah, isn't that crazy? You know, I think it, first of all, the first thing I notice about the creator's world, mm. um, just so people understand, Telly and I have, you know, experienced both worlds. Yes. Um, we worked in corporate jobs, but before the corporate jobs, we did, we were actors. Yeah. We worked in film yep. and theater. So, yep. you know, very much identify with this idea of leaving something, thinking that all your answer answers are in the corporate job. You get to your corporate job and then you're like, this sucks. And then <laughs> you decide I'm yeah. not doing that. And I'm so grateful that, you know, mindfulness came into our lives oh and my we're gosh, able yeah. to be creative through this, um, through this venue that we have found um, through Bright Mindset Project. Definitely. Um, but the second thing I find with people, or the first thing I find is people don't understand the arts and they don't understand how people are paid. That's And true. I think that if people understood how the money comes in the arts, they would be more forgiving of people's drive because people true. that are creative, and this goes for people who work in social media. Absolutely. This goes for people in the entertainment industry, yep. whatever you do, yep. people don't understand that your drive necessarily isn't money yeah um your drive is to create and your hope is that you get something some sort of compensation that that's will help it. you to survive that's and it. live a safe and healthy life that's exactly um, it. people that work nine to five work nine to fives because they the security yep that appears to come with it um, the idea of having money deposited every two weeks. It's pretty nice. You know, like their healthcare, <laughs> yeah. all of these sort of things that really resonate with many people. Yeah. Especially when society is telling you that you don't have a mortgage yet. What are you doing with your life? My Lord, you don't have kids. What are you doing with your life? Yeah. You don't have a full-time job. You haven't been working for a company for seven or 10 years. (laughs) What are you doing with your life? Uh, So we have this rhetoric where anything outside of that model is frowned upon. It's frowned upon and wrong. And people say, okay, that's fine. You can go about Right. And, you know, be an actor or be a social media influencer or, you know, start your own little business. But at 30, that's it. 
no more more playing around yeah now it gets serious now you got to start getting that resume together <laughs> Ooh, and there's so much pressure because you can't no one can predict what age your life is about to boom and, in this and case we're talk about that right so i just find it's interesting how society and then you kind of just want to say well hold on who made up these rules to say that by the time you're 30, you should be married. You should have a mortgage. You should be an executive at this job. You should have a dog and you should have a cat and a white picket fence. But it's like, yeah, who made these rules? Girl, I, I don't know. Child. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to talk about, because with this idea where, you know, oh, you need to have the kids, the mortgage and career by 30. Right. What this does is it pushes us to live outside of our identity. Does. The truth is we are not all going to have the same plan. A little louder for the people in the back. <laughs> our lives, our journeys, and everyone's journey Thank is you. different. Everyone's timeline is different. Exactly. So therefore, we are not allowing ourselves to live in our true identity. We're not. And one of the things I noticed is because we're not allowed to live in our true identity, when it's time to do so, we don't even know how to explain ourselves. We don't. Because we're, it's funny, you know, like you said, because we are not living in our truth, we start to live a lie. Right. So when people ask you now about your quote unquote truth, which is actually a lie, and you have to go and explain yourself, they're like, well, well, and they get an attitude, right? Because you're not even living in your truth in the first place. And when you start being asked about your truth, because the thing is, as creators, people are always going to ask you, what is your song about? What is your play about? Right. What's your book, your painting? What are these things about? And because we're not used to living in our truth, living in our true space, we even find it hard to translate our own thing. So, you know, this is why it's so important to make sure that, you know, don't let the ego get in the way, but allow yourself to really and truly live in your own truth. Mm -hmm. I'm only interrupting to make sure you know where to find us at any time. Have you visited our website, brightmindsetproject.com? If you haven't, do it today. As a mindset practitioner, spiritual guide, and energy healer, my focus is mindset and spiritual balance. If you have a desire to amplify your own emotional intelligence, if you have a desire to heal the mind, body, and spirit, start your journey with us at Bright Mindset Project, brightmindsetproject.com. Michael, John's friend, was a talented actor who left the creative life for a high-paying marketing job. He decided he was not talented enough to continue in the arts. John's girlfriend wanted to take a job in another city to move on with her life. So should one ever give up on a dream and subscribe to something that doesn't truly align? That is a great question. Hmm. And I think everyone and this is this sort of question is not just for the 29 year old 
sitting there waiting to turn 30. Right. This is literally for everybody. Oh, I agree. Because there are 50-year-olds that are ready to make a change. <laughs> That's true. You know, 60 year olds that are looking to make a change. Yeah. So for me, I'll, I'll answer Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I really believe in dreaming. And I oh, believe absolutely. in dreams. I believe that if you dream it, you're dreaming, you're dreaming it because your higher self is telling you, this is what you're capable of doing. And I feel yeah. that when you decide I am no longer doing this anymore, I think you're cutting yourself short upon a blessing. It's like a part of you dies, right? Yeah, that's just me. Maybe I'm I'm wrong or maybe I'm foolish for no. believing in dreams, but that's how I see it. I and I have many reasons as to why I say it. I don't think you're wrong at all, Car. I feel that especially if God has given there's so many talented people out there. And it's like that other movie that we watched, um, third, I think it's 30 feet away from fame, something about the backup singer yes. and how, you know, they were so close, but they're yes. still kind of far back. But the cool thing with that movie, as well as um, Tick, Tick, Boom, is their passion. Like John's passion in this film, despite his best friends going and getting exec jobs and, you know, they're mm -hmm. doing, they're doing well. His girlfriend got a job in another country, sorry, not another country, another um, state. Mm -hmm. And he is still so passionate. And there's a lot of pressure on him now where yeah. people are like telling him, what are you doing? Like, dude, just take the 401k or whatever you guys call them in the mm -hmm. States. <laughs> take, take that and do this. Take the free health care or whatever it may be and give up on your dream. But as creatives, and I'm sure you ask any creative, it's like your baby. Like right. you gave birth to this. Yeah. And to just abandon it. I mean, honestly, I would even just even do it as a hobby. I can't fully give up something yeah. like that. I, I couldn't. And I wouldn't pressure anyone to do it either. Because if they have a talent, they should be praised for it and told, listen, keep going. Because it wasn't like he was like just sitting there, you know. Not pursuing. Not pursuing. It wasn't like he was, you know, living in his parents' basement. He had, he had his own little place. He had a crappy job, but it was worked, something. Yeah, he worked in a diner. Right. It kept the, the lights it. on sometimes. Right. <laughs> and um, I don't know. I just can't tell people to give up on their dream. I'm like you. I'm a dreamer and I'm very optimistic. Yeah. But it's also kind of like, I know it's pushing the, I know it's pushing the envelope. I know a lot of people are like, yeah, but how far do you go? How do far do you go? And I think that's more the question yeah. um, as to... You know, you can, for instance, you mentioned, okay, maybe you won't get proper compensation right. for being a dancer. Right. But you could teach dance to some local kids, yeah. you know, um, as a volunteer job or as a little part-time job. Absolutely. Once or twice a week. And you'll be making an impact on children's futures. Absolutely. So you'll still be doing that thing that is in alignment with you and it will make you feel better about your days in because the worst thing in the world is having a dream and then living out of alignment Ooh. and never having that moment where you can live, dance and enjoy yeah. the dream that you so have. So true. So if you're a singer and 
maybe, yeah, you're not with a major label. Maybe you haven't been able to pick up a lot of gigs, but you could join the local choir. You could join a local band that likes to do cover songs and you could do that a few nights a week. And that would help you to fulfill that piece of your dream. Absolutely. And it might actually help you to excel in your dream. Exactly. Because especially what you said, you know, you're introducing yourself to more people. Yeah. Therefore, opening your playing field a lot more. And you never know. Like one of the parts, I hate giving away spoilers, but whatever. <laughs> Make sure you watch the film on Netflix. One of the parts that um, we were talking about when the film was, when we were watching the film, was when he was playing, he was playing his song in front of like his peers and mm-hmm. he, they have two playwrights there as well. One of them being insanely famous playwright. Yes. And everyone was like, oh my gosh, he's there. And that's just like, imagine if he didn't take that workshop, he would have never right. have had a workshop to present, you know, he would never ha- had anything to present. Yes. And, and he, he wouldn't, wouldn't have gotten have... the advice that he got. Exactly. Which led him to keep going. And that's what I love too. There's always someone. We're going to talk about get, that. Get, get, get to that. We'll Stay tuned. That. We'll get to that. But that's all the more to just keep going. Because the minute, even if it's a hobby, even if I it's agree. like you've been painting for donkey years yeah. and you haven't sold one painting on Etsy, keep doing it, my friend. Because all you need is one painting. Exactly. Bought by Steven Spielberg you or know. who knows? Who knows? Uh, Angelina Jolie. And they like put you on a platform. You got this painting from this amazing artist. I found them on Etsy or eBay, wherever you sell your art. And that's all you need. But it doesn't happen if you stop. I mean, if someone said to me, you know, if someone asked me this question. Right. My response would be, would you ever be okay Mm. with living your life out of alignment? Mm -hmm. And my answer is no. So therefore, I would never per se give up completely on a dream. No. I would always continue, whether that looks like, you know, doing things on YouTube, Mm -hmm. um, opening a TikTok account. That's all about, you know, what I do. Being creative, what you do. creative, doing little skits if you're a comedian. Yeah. You know, putting everything online. I think that the major sad danger in this is when you decide to live out of alignment. I agree. And I think that, you know, you only have one life. Why live it going by what society says? Exactly. You know? So I want to bring up another um, part in the film that brings us to another theme. So John is the classic broke artist, (laughs) if you haven't realized. He's that starving artist. Uh, He keeps creating in hopes that he will get an off-Broadway show. Mm -hmm. You know, that is the outcome. That is the goal he has. He's trying to write a song for a specific character in the in this uh play tick tick boom Mm -hmm. it's super important and he's been writing this play for eight years so remember he hasn't turned 30 yet but he spent his entire youth his adult youth in writing this play he's dedicated that's to it wow around him his friends are moving through life some are sick due to the AIDS right. epidemic. Yeah. Some are leading um, a career outside of the creative arts. Mm-hmm. And then he's sitting in one place around his piano, stressing over this song for a workshop. Right. While he's working at a diner and not being paid for the art that he actually creates. Yeah. 
So he lost hope for a moment during the film. And he thought, let me get a real job. So he was rushing against the clock, you know, right. I mean, the name of the movie is Tick, 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 Tick boom. boom. And he learned that he wasn't the only person in a rush when he learns that his friend, Michael, who went out and got the corporate job, oh. he is actually HIV positive. Yeah. Um, oh boy. You know, so we have this, you know, theme now where he is rushing against the clock. And I, th this part I really resonate with because this was really the basis of my own depression. I'm glad you said rushing that. Against rushing against a clock. A clock, at the 30 year old clock. Yes. We talked about this. There's a thing that has been around for years and we both have experienced some interesting things at this particular age. It's not 30, but it's the number that's coming close to it. And that number is 27. Yes. And the club is called the 27 Club. Yes. Um, and this is a trigger warning for anyone that feels away. I apologize in advance. I'm going to try my best to tread this lightly because mm -hmm. a lot of people have a problem with the number 27 when it comes to their age because it's a lot of pressure getting into 30. A lot of amazing creative people have passed at that age. Right. You can look it up. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to say any names. You can look it up because once yeah. again, I don't want to bring this into a negative light, but I know for both of us, I know that for you, you struggle with a lot of depression at yeah, was I, the age I, of 27 as well. Yes. I, I basically yeah. had a nervous breakdown You did um, at 27 years old and it went on for went years. Went on for years. I would say I didn't start to experience getting out of that dark place right. until around 33 years old. Another um, interesting year. Another interesting year. <laughs> call that the Jesus year. year. Right. And, you know, the idea of you feel this pressure that you need. Again, we talked about the career, the house, the, career, the kids, the, all, the whole shebang all of that by 30 years old. Yeah. And when you want to achieve something and when you are, you know, looking at how other people are, and we're going to talk about comparison girl, because that is a fuel That's for a, fuel. a lot of this as well. True. But then, you know, John learns that his friend is like, the reason why I took this exec job, the reason why I moved into this beautiful apartment and I drive a BMW is because I don't have a lot of time left. Yeah. And I really want to live out my life. So what was the driver for John to suddenly want to change and leave writing behind? Because um, as I mentioned, he wanted to leave the world of writing and he was like, okay, I'm here. I, I want to get the job. I want to get the apartment. I want to get designer. He wanted clothes. that life. He wanted that life. Wow. Because comparison syndrome. It hit him again. And it's so funny. Like, and that's the thing I need people to understand. There is no cure for comparison syndrome. It will sneak <laughs> up on you. It yeah. sneaks up on us. It sneaks up on you. There is no magic pill to take where you will never compare yourself to someone else. It's not possible. What is possible though, is being aware and being conscious of the feelings. When you feel that, oh, I wish I was... Mm, right, you kind and of just stop yourself and say no. Exactly, I am who I am. I, exactly, and that's the one thing that you know when it comes to identity crisis. Right, I really feel that that's sort of my my sort of niche because mm. that's where I was and that's what I 
that's where I love to help people. I love that. When they're going through that identity crisis, which is definitely what John was going through at this specific time. Mm -hmm. And comparison syndrome is something where you literally have to be aware and have to have a recovery strategy. Yes. How you must am have I a going recovery to strategy. get out of this? That's Does it. it mean closing down Instagram and hiding it in a file? Then so be it. Then fine. That's a recovery. Does it mean journaling about why you think this person is doing better than you? Then that's then your strategy. so be it. But comparison syndrome will make you think that you're late or you're stuck or you're wasting your time. That's it. And it's a deceiver because many people end up leaving their true purpose yeah. or leaving the alignment suit basically because they want to be like other people. They want to be the Joneses. Exactly. And again, it's a different timeline. It's a different purpose. Maybe they are uh. here to be the most famous <laughs> marketing executive in the world, uh. but that is not you. You are meant to be the best cook, the best dancer, the best mom, the best father, the best whoever. Right. There is a different timeline for everyone, but comparison syndrome- It will eat you alive. Makes you say, no. I'm not good enough. the same timeline. <laughs> this person became a millionaire by 30, so you must do the same. This person did TikTok dance and they became a millionaire and I'm here and I've been on TikTok for years and I haven't made it yet. Right. But that's the interesting thing too with comparison and- be, wanting to be different like you say you want to be different and then but you still have this like yearning to wish that you could fit into this box that everyone else is in because we're told that the box is so good and then when you get in you the know? box you're just like i feel weird i feel itchy i don't feel because you were never meant to be in that box boo boo <laughs> baby it was not meant to be for you yeah. it's it takes bravery yes, to stay out of the box and it takes you know, we mentioned intention in the beginning. Yes. And it takes a lot of intentional movement to yes. say, I am not going to fall into the box where I need to be this because everyone else is. Girl. Um, all of that. All of that. I, I, I guess. <laughs> all of that. Like, I... That? Okay. But um, another thing I wanted to mention... Yes. ...is... Jonathan's girlfriend. Yes. Her name is Susan. And her name is not Susan. And she, that was a great track. And she wanted to <laughs> accept a job right. outside of New York City. Right. And what she wants, ideally, is for John to move with her. But of course, moving from New York as a playwright that wants to have a play on Off-Broadway and then eventually Broadway, that doesn't actually make any sense. No, so not really. he avoids her for days. <laughs> and then, you know, because of the focus he has on his workshop, uh, Susan eventually breaks up with him yeah. and, and leaves. Yeah. So I want to talk about the creative in... A relationship. Yeah. I, I, I think that's important. It is. And I'm glad we had this discussion even like, guys, we went into this discussion late into the night. We were up just like <laughs> discussing things. I think we both can agree. People need to understand something about creative people. We are selfish. We are. Because we live so much in our head, a lot of things go over our head. In the movie, she says, you know, why didn't you ask me not to go? Which 
which seems very common which, sense. Right. But as a creative, he lives so much in his head. He's when he's doing like, you know, um thinking about his songs, in his mind, the whole city right. is doing the dances and singing with him. He is locked into his creativity yeah. so much. Nothing else outside of that world matters to him. Unfortunately, that she fell, she fell into that box. She he loves her. Like any creative, yes, of course we want to be in relationships. Yes, yeah. we want to be there for our men, for our women, but we are super duper soaked in our creativity. So a lot of things go over our head. A lot of things go over our head. You know, I, and and that's the thing I want to bring it to a level for people that aren't creative or don't have a creative streak. Right. You really have to look at a creator as someone who is a parent. Truly. And you know, the art is the child. That's it. And the creator, their job is to do everything in life to make sure that this piece of art survives yep. and gets the recognition it needs Absolutely. and gets the love it needs from Absolutely. the world. Yeah. Um, and sometimes there are people that don't understand that as a partner of a creator, you have to understand that they're in their zone right now. They're working on their their workshop. They're That's working it. on their gallery show. That's it. Right now is not the time to talk to them about, you know, our relationship right now. Because they're not going to pay attention right now because their no. kid is in need of, nur- of nurturing. That's it. And they're going to focus on that. Exactly. If I'm planning a course or, you know, if you're planning a talk. Yeah. And you know, a boyfriend or a husband comes and says, I want to talk about our future. It's like, I don't have time. <laughs> this is not a good time. Can we talk about this after? You know, after the course, after the talk, after the gallery showing, after the workshop, we can sit down for three, four, five, six hours yeah. and talk about our future. But right now is not the time. It's not the time. And, and this is why I truly believe that you have to make sure that you're really working on finding people that understand. This is why most artists date other artists. That's it. Because um, they understand. They yeah. are because they are in the zone right. as well. It's so like they doctors get it. who usually like to marry people that understand that their hours are crazy. They could end up at the hospital at 2 a.m. in the morning. That's it. And if you don't understand that, you may not last. Right. Because you'll be like, honey, why aren't you home for dinner? I am doing open heart surgery right now. Can I call you back? Right. So that mindset, you have to understand the mindset of a creator. You have to. Uh, You know, and when I say creator, I don't mean just, you know, painters or whatever. I also mean business owners. Yeah. Uh, Depending on your business, it's not nine to five. It's not 40 hours a week. No, it's, it's a 24 it, seven, whatever it takes. Whatever, yeah. There's no sleep. <laughs> right. Like, look and at me and Kirsten right now. Do we look like awake to you? <laughs> like this is a 24 seven vibe. Yes. Come on so, now. In order for this to work, there has to be an understanding. There has that to be partner. Um, and I think that in, in this film, he does do uh, a good job of illustrating that, yeah. you know, it's work. It's work. It's a lot of work. Well, you know what? Real quick. What I loved was that even when she was talking to him he, during the fight, 
he was so inspired by the fight that he put the fight in the play. Yeah, he <laughs> put it in the play. I think the song is called Therapy. Yes, and which it's is basically like... them talking about how they feel bad that you feel bad and you know, I feel good that you don't hate me and if we love and the and it's just this long thing that is actually very <laughs> realistic to the truth very. of relationships. I just but... love that. It's like that's just like a creative. We take everything and just turn it into art somehow. It's like, oh shoot, that's a horrible situation. Oh wait, that inspired something and we're gone out the door. That's just how we Truly are. Inspiration comes from everywhere. <laughs> By the end of the film, you realize why intuitively mm -hmm. John was rushing to get his show up and running. Right. He died in his home early in the morning hours of January 25th, 1996. Oh. The day of Rent's first off-Broadway preview performance. So, Isn't that crazy? Girl, he didn't get to see the show. He didn't Ugh. get to see his success. He didn't get to see the movies, the TV specials, the, the awards, accolades, the praise. The, yeah, he saw none of it. He never got to see it. He was 35. Wow. So indeed, intuitively, he was so aware of his timeline. He was. And it's funny because although physically, when he, you know, when his friend Michael revealed mm -hmm. to him that he was HIV positive. Yes. And, you know, he said, listen, if anyone knows about, you know, time, it's me, Michael. All this time, this disease was building up in Jonathan that he had no clue about. And although mm -hmm. he had no clue about it, this thing was almost like pushing him, saying you have to, you have to, you do have to keep going. And Isn't that, oh, man. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> you know, we're, we're now hitting into the real, like, you know, the spiritual side yes, of all of this. Definitely. This idea that intuitively, spiritually, in your soul, you know what must be done. You do. You know, you have the answers. Yes. Girl. And you know, I love how you said that. And you just with you saying that, you just hit a point there that, that just dawned on me now. Although he didn't know what was going on and he had no clue, he wasn't a mind reader. He right. didn't know he was going to get all these. He had no idea. He didn't even know that Rent was going to do anything because he right. wrote the play and he abandoned it. He right. abandoned ship, did other things, and then went back to it. Right. But the fact that he, because he wasn't around to see the praise he got, he had to give himself his own praise and be like, yes, I did this. Like he had to pretty much accolade himself because Which he wasn't the, alive to see you it. You know what? And, and this is not only something for creative people mm -hmm. but for people in general mm. you are not always going to get the crowd giving you a standing ovation and applause that's it you have to find your way to encourage yourself you do to continue on doing whatever it is you are doing you do. You know? it's, it's weird. I always say to I say to you and I say to myself all the time you are your biggest fan. You know, yeah. I mean, before everyone else starts applauding you and high-fiving you, you have to applaud and high-five yourself, basically, because no one's going to buy the dream unless you're selling it properly. I agree. Girl. And the thing that I learned from this, you know, his story and the idea of, you know, passing away at such a young age is mm -hmm. truly 
you have to live every day like it is you do. your last. You do. And boy, did he. And that's the interesting thing, you know, with, with him and other men and women who passed away way too soon, even people from the 27 Club, they're known because of their work. Like Jimi Hendrix, right. Kurt Cobain, Janis Joplin, Amy Winehouse. Amy Winehouse. Mm-hmm. Like so many of them, they left a, a legacy Right. That is so profound. Yes. And even people that don't fall into the 27 Club, but like, right. you know, you have Marvin Gaye, you have yeah. John Lennon, you have James Brown, Michael Jackson, Whitney. Like, they've left so much amazing. And that's just singers. I'm talking anyone, like artists, Everyone writers. is leaving a legacy. They leave something. Even if they don't get the high praise, they love their work so much. Mm-hmm. And that so, there's something inside of them, some spiritual divine force telling them, write one more book. Yeah. Paint one more painting. Mm-hmm. Sell one more item. Yeah. I don't know, whatever that passion is yeah. that creator wants to do. Yeah. I, I do want to say too that the connection to create is a spiritual one. Oh and gosh, I feel yes. that creative people can only truly be creative if they're in tune with their spirituality, if they are connected. A little louder for the people in the back. You know, their spiritual self. Agreed. To their higher self. Agreed. Um, And that takes more than going to art school or going to acting school. It does. Or going to dance school or going to any type of school. There's a different level that needs to be reached. It is. Um, people have to pay attention to it. I agree with you. It's funny because so many, we know a lot of people that have gone to different art school, Juilliard school, Mm -hmm. have gone to different law schools and stuff like that. And especially with the arts, they'll go and they pass, but they're not, maybe they get fed up and they get, you know, the nine to five and that's fine. Mm -hmm. And then you have some people that are in their school, they drop out. And then they do things their way and guys, they're just, they kill it. They kill it. They're tuning into their spiritual side. They're no longer depending on the validation of a professor yeah, or a teacher or whatever it may be. You were given a gift. Why aren't you using your gift as it was intended to be used? Girl, all that. Well, we're using our gift. We're using our gifts, so mm. <laughs> y'all need to do the same. <laughs> so I wanted to yes. talk quickly about yeah. the lines that made us think. So there mm-hmm. were two lines. Um, money isn't everything, but it doesn't hurt. And, no, it, it doesn't. you know, this is something that Michael said to John when they were fighting um, about how you know, John was basically saying to Michael, oh, you sold out, yeah. like you were in this marketing job and mm-hmm. whatever. And he was like, you know, and, you know, um, John said, money isn't everything. And then Michael said, well, it doesn't hurt. And I wanted to talk about that because a lot of times we we demonize money. We do. And it's, as you always tell me, money is a tool. It is. It's You need it. I mean, <laughs> let's think about this. How would John write songs if he didn't have a keyboard and a computer and an apartment? Those songs would never be written never because he written. never had a place of safety. Right. He never had a keyboard. <laughs> he never had he, a place to so lay his how head. do you get these things? Money. money. So money shouldn't be demonized. It, it doesn't shouldn't. hurt. You know, wanting money for what you do is not bad. No, you're investing. 
you're investing into your dream. Yes. You're investing into your creative juices. So money should not, it should not be demonized right. as something as, yeah. oh, money is the root of all evil. Money is not the root of evil. No, the love of money. <laughs> the love the of root. money. And, you know, that turns it completely on the head. It's mm-hmm. a totally different thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? Maybe one day we'll do a podcast. Girl, about that. that's an idea. Look out um, for that. <laughs> another uh, <laughs> lyric. Mm-hmm. That, a lyric. Another yes, girl, um, sing it. <laughs> line from the movie was, while I still have time. And I think that's important because, again, this this show, this play, this movie is all about people time. trying to race against time. And it's funny because with you seeing that, like the title, Tick, Tick, Boom, yeah. the whole thing is basically them running against time. Running against time. And girl, you know what? I got to bring my Lord and Savior Jesus into it. When Jesus was on earth, he was like, listen, I'm here for a reason. Yeah, he had a specific this, time. I have life. no time to sit here with you and whatever. Whatever you're This doing. is what it is. Come with me or stay behind. We're all on a time. I know people want to say there is no time. There is no. Well, and they're, they're you know, they're kind of right. Right. But, but your timeline, there is a specific time. Exactly. For your timeline. That's to it. And when your higher self is telling you, create this, you better make listen. this go here, go there. It's guiding you so that you are hitting your timeline in the time that is you know, given to you, you, the appointed time. That's it. And you know, I know that fear has a lot of (laughs) fear and I don't want to curse fear any either because it is a form of protection. You know, fear can be a motivation. It it, it can, it can. And I, I, but that's their car. I wish that people would use that as a motivation instead of sitting there in their fear. Right. You know, their higher self is telling them, you know what, you should try selling that song. Right. It's really cute. You should try selling it. Or you know what? You should try to make that item. And then, you know, we're humans. So I understand the fear factor comes in and we're like, mm, I don't know. What if I'm right. not the coulda, woulda, shoulda? When you're on a time limit. Right. And remember, the fear can be used to do some amazing things. Fear, if you have a fear of being alone, mm. then you will be motivated to go out and make friends. That's it. And form relationships. That's it. If you have a fear of being homeless, you will become creative in ways to create wealth for yourself That's so you it. can afford a home. Absolutely. So there are reasons as to how fear can be a motivator and it doesn't have to be a bad thing. You just need to, to know thing. how to channel that fear. That's in it. the right way. Use it as a tool to push you yeah, into exactly. the abyss. Exactly. So tips and realizations mm-hmm. uh, that we thought would be helpful for all of you would be first thing. Yes. As a creative person, as a business owner, have an outlet. Oh, yeah. Have a recovery strategy. Something that is unrelated to yeah. your creative or business pursuits. That could be bowling. Yep. John Larson's was swimming. Yep. You know, this is what you do when you experience writer's block, creation block. It's hard for you to make a decision. You know, go knit, you know, if that's your thing. So go for a jog. Yeah. The whole point is to. Going outside is great. Going outside. Ooh, grounding girl. Yes. It's. (laughs) Cara's having a moment. I don't blame her. But yeah, just getting outside alone. And that's it too, Car. It's amazing what happens 
when you just get out of your space, go outside. Even if that's it, just stepping outside and standing in the middle of the sidewalk and just inhaling. Sometimes that could just be the getaway. Hey, deep breaths. And that's all a person might need. Yes. To get those creative juices flowing. Because, girl, you know I'm indecisive. I'm a Gemini, so <laughs> I'm their girl. It's a whole thing. So whenever I get, like, so indecisive that I start getting annoyed with myself, yeah. what I do is, okay, you know what, Sally? Let's do some deep breaths. I'll do some deep breaths. And I just take myself out of the of myself, yeah. basically. And I'll go for a walk. I'll do mm-hmm. everything else that's not related to what we're doing. Yeah. And then while I'm there fiddling around with other things, I'll just be like, oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, oh, my God. The ideas start to flow. Girl, like a river. Yes. A river. Cry me a river. That's it. Boom. That's it. Girl. So that's that's why <laughs> another thing is a realization. And you know, John's favorite playwright was hmm. Stephen so- oh, God. Mm-hmm. Son time. Yes. Mm. And you know, he passed away last month at 91 years old. Oh wow. And wow. you know, he created wow. West Side Story, he created In the Woods, and a lot of plays and stories that many of us know of. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, he always encouraged John through his development years of writing. Wow. He told him, this is great. Yes. You know, you need to do this, but you are great. You are doing great things. And he was just this encouragement to him throughout the years, and it kept him going. It kept him motivated motivated to keep writing and creating. So- this is another spiritual step. Yeah. And the thing is what you have to realize as a creator, as a business owner, the universe, your divine source is always going to show up always to let you know, always you are supported and you are on the right track. It's always going to show up. You may think, and they always come at the right time. Just when you feel when you're like just about to give up, forget this ish. I'm, I'm over it. So be me up, Scotty. This is it. All of a sudden, it could be a phone call, an email. Yeah, it could be a comment comment on on your Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Someone saying, "Oh my gosh, your um your post, yeah, your meditation. It helped me so much today. You have no idea. Thank you so much. Keep up the good work." And that's all you need. And this is why it's important that you know always look for those signs. Always, because don't worry, there is an appointed time for your dreams to become reality, which Mm -hmm. is why. I am a firm believer that no one should completely give up on their dreams. No. You know, if you need to take a break, take a break. But I really do feel that you need to stay in it. You have to stay in it. At some degree. At some degree. Because even if, you have to think about generational, right? Yeah. Because even if you are keep doing it, keep doing it, you inspire someone else. And maybe they forego. And, and they, they come back about you and saying, say, you know, mm. that work from this artist or this person, you know, they're not very famous, but they inspired me. me. And you're creating a legacy. That's it. You know, and this is something that I hope everyone gets from this, you know, podcast, from watching this movie. If you take the time to watch it, really apply, you know, certain realizations to your life and realize that you are capable of achieving so much just by continuing to go on. Many people, 95% of people are going to give up. They will, because they just figure they don't have time for it. Right, they're going to give up. 
you want to be a part of that 5%, that 1% to 5% that is going to hang in there, that is going to keep on going, that is going to continue following their dream. Absolutely. And you'll be able to reap the rewards. Will the rewards always be money? We don't know. We don't know. Will the rewards be inspiring a nation? We don't we know. We don't know. <laughs> but at some level, it's going to inspire someone's life and Girl. make their life better. So I'm so happy we watched that. I am movie. too. It was so it's funny how I love biographies like yourself. Yes. Especially ones that have to deal with creative people. Right. Because you learn so much and even that's a sign. To say this is normal. It's normal for a creative person to go through hell. <laughs> it's a normal thing. It's part of the process. Yes. And that does scare off some people. But if you're really passionate about what you're doing, you won't see it as hell. You'll see it as, you know what? It's a it's a training ground. That's I'm in it. the military. I'm, I'm, I'm training. <laughs> <laughs> We hope you enjoyed the conversation. Be sure to listen next week. We upload the podcast every Thursday. Follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. We are on YouTube. Watch our videos on mindset, motivation, business, and life. And if you feel called, subscribe to our channel. We are on Instagram. Follow our handles at Girls and at Bright Mindset Project. We would love to work with you. So check out our website, brightmindsetproject.com. Book a clarity call, book a one-on-one session, or ask about upcoming on-demand courses. We appreciate you and all the love and light to you. Bye. Bye.